Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Hear Our Voices. Thank you for coming out this week. We have so many things in store for you, and I hope you're liking the season three, to be honest. We put a lot of effort and time into these podcasts, and we hope we're giving you the best information that we actually can give you. And I hope the information is helping you. I hope the stories are inspiring you. I hope that anything we give on this platform can help you make your life better, or you could take a tip from what we give you to better you and your family's lives in shelter or out of shelter. So let's get some things in the way. Welcome back again. As I said, it's your host, K-Did, coming back out to you. And also, we can you feel, please follow us on our social media platforms. We do YouTube, we do Facebook, we do Instagram, we do TikTok, and we do, I feel like that's it, probably. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we do a lot of different things. Also, in the description box down below, there will be information about resources that you and your family can get. Um, it, we mostly go on family homelessness, but some of the resources do cross paths with single people. So if you want to look through that, you can. If you know anybody who wants to get resources, we can definitely give that um get that link back to out to you. If you want to follow us on social media, again, everything will be down below. And if you're a person who wants to share your story anytime about being homeless in the US, um, we definitely love to have you. If you are couch surfing, that's considered homelessness. If you're a person in shelter, if you're on the street homelessness, we do take all stories if you like to give that out. If not, it's, it's fine. Just you listening to what we have to say works for us. If you're a person with resources, we would love to have you, or you can just give us a resource that we could put down below in our resource packet so it could be able to help out other people, other families out here in New York City. So today we have a guest. Her name is, I forgot when butcher, butcher it, Diana Mendez. She's a um advocate, a special, sorry, an advocate, <laughs> a person who helps Sorry, she'll tell you more about her. I feel like I'm going to butcher the whole name. I'm sorry, guys. Um, But yeah, she'll tell you more about what she does. And we'll get into the podcast, guys. Stay tuned. Yes. What's your title again? So, so, like, so can you see my name? Do you see it says New York City Regional Family Advocate Specialist? Can you see it? If you I tap my name, it. I kind of see it. I wear glasses and I wear contacts, and I don't have either of them on. Okay, so I can't see it. Yes. Okay. Not a problem. I'll introduce myself with the title. Yes. So, um, can you tell me a little bit of what you do for your job and um how you help families advocate for themselves? Okay. Um. My job, my job as a family peer, um, regional family peer advocate is uh, to actually help families, um, especially uh, parents that are in need of special education services. Um, being a parent myself with um, a 27-year-old on the spectrum, um, I realized that um, when I try to get resources for him, um, it was navigating the systems was a nightmare. And so I decided to, to, you know, be, become a self-advocate and, and, and I said to myself, you know what, from this point on, I'm going to educate myself and I'm going to actually help parents who you know, reach out to me and, and show them, you know, the best that I can, um, how to navigate systems. And so I noticed that, um, I had my son that, that I could have diagnosed him at six months and it waited, I almost waited a year and a half. And then um, when I learned of his diagnosis, I panicked, you know, and I put him in the first school, neighborhood school and not realizing that it wasn't good, that he needed to be around people with the same diagnosis. 
And then I also noticed that um, there was a disparity with um with the classes um there wasn't inclusion classes which are usually you have um you know 20 kids um mixed together with, with children with special needs or learning differences and um i noticed that um although my son was in a six one-to-one which means six kids one teacher one special ed teacher um he was picked for an inclusion classroom but the problem was that my local school in queens did not have inclusion so um you know long story short i actually had to find families that had special needs kids and under the the federal law of um FAPE, which is a free and appropriate education, my son was entitled to be in his local school with his sister. He has a sister that was two years older than him. And so um, I fought with the with the principal. I, I, you know, I got involved with the superintendent. And um, one thing that I do want to say is um, that we all are entitled to the Americans Disability Act to to learn learn the laws, learn what no child left behind means, know what idea means, which is Individuals Disabilities Educational Act. And so when I first started to to learn more about my son's challenges which were behavioral challenges. He wasn't really able to sit and learn and he was distracting his sister. Um, I fought to get applied behavioral analysis, but the problem was that um, the school was not gonna allow me to to get those services because he was already in a specialized classroom. So um, I actually, you know, fought through an impartial hearing and I was able to get, you know, some ABA uh, teachers in my home and I learned about ABA. I also um, converted my apartment into pictures because he wasn't able to point or, or let me know what his needs were. That was part of why he was so angry. Right. So um, I basically, you know, once I learned everything that was going on in the services as he got older, um, I realized that the services were getting harder and harder. But um, I also educated myself, um, making sure that when I sat at these meetings, um, I would not just sit with the with the special ed teacher, the speech, the counselor. Um, I was prepared, um, by having a six inch binder, in oh, which um, yes, a six inch binder, and inside of that binder had all the doctors' reports, all the, the special ed uh, evaluations. I had a proof of um, all the documents back and forth that were certified that I had sent uh, to these different um, to these different facilities, you know, asking to get help. I also um, I also made sure that I had a picture of my son that um, an eight by ten, and so when we began the process of sitting down with his IEP, which is Individuals Educational Plan. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also another one. If you get your child diagnosed early, that becomes an early intervention plan. Yeah. Either way, um, I learned, you know, through going to meetings that when I present myself, I I was prepared, but um also I would have a picture, an eight by ten of my of my son and I let them know that this was the individual that he was a human being and this was the individual that was needing services and he was not able to to verbalize so I was here as his advocate you know to get what I needed now um 
my son was diagnosed with autism. And if anyone does want to learn more about this diagnosis, what helped me was when I first learned about the diagnosis, I was numb, I was scared. It wasn't something that people were talking about back in 1996. And so for like a month, um, I just shuffled around, but at the same time, I watched how um, my family was just going downhill. And so I, I said, you know, that's enough. I got to do what I got to do. And I went to Barnes and Nobles, and I would say by fate, by luck, um, I, I found the book called Thinking in Pictures, the story of Temple Grandin. And in doing so, I read the book front and back and I converted my living room into pictures and the pictures that I had were the things that he needed and I also took pictures of him because he loved as a young kid to read he loved oh. Thomas the Tank he loved um books so I had all of that and you know looking back now you know I, I can't believe it took five years for him to point you know and um I, I was devastated, but I was determined to help him regardless. And if they said no, I said yes, and I gave him a why. And right. what I realize now, looking back, that if we invest on our children, whether it be a, a child with bipolar, with mental illness, with um, with autism, with speech delays, with uh, dyslexia, that that we can actually invest in the money now. And we will see the the how all this work that we put in, and yes, of course, it costs money, but at the end, they do prevail. And, you know, I got to say that my son is a perfect example of that because he went from not speaking to, to becoming a motivational speaker. Oh, to wow. Becoming, yes, to becoming, he went to, he went to school. He does poetry. He does public speaking, and um, he's now a provisional uh, youth peer advocate. You know, so he's like, you know what? I need to pay this forward. You know, unfortunately, he was bullied, like many of our children are yeah. when they're on the spectrum. Um, so he does suffer from post-traumatic stress, and that's okay. He's got his good days and bad days, and I just roll with it, you know, and... Um, Actually, he just moved about two and a half years ago on his own. Okay, fancy. so he 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 moved in the Naira, and he you know with a friend that he knows, and now he's looking to to move independently. But um, mm -hmm. he he shops. He you know he he he's working right now with a youth, and um, it's it's very gratifying, and it was a long long journey. But um, what I want to say is, you know, don't give up and educate yourself. Um, there's there's a book called The Commissioner's Regs on Special Education. And when I would show up to these meetings, um, besides having the binder with all, with everything that was organized from the most recent to, to when he first started with Evidence Adventure, but also, you know, working, you got to work with them. You can't go in these meetings as upset as I was because he wasn't getting the services that he needed, you know, it's a give and take. And so so you can't go in there angry, upset, you know, because it, it doesn't get you nowhere. So um, the advice that I want to give is 
be prepared and and the way i looked at it was like oh my god you know looking back there were like like seven people in the room against me and my husband and um but but you know look at look at the results so never give up never give up educate yourself when i would go in these meetings um i had the binder i had his picture and then I would take out little booklets, and those booklets were the Americans Disability Act law, FAPE, free and appropriate education. I had the booklet No Child Left Behind. I had a booklet with IDEA, Individuals Disability Act. And then inside the book, I had the most current IEPs. Now, okay. what I found and I experienced one time was I was getting ready to have his, you know, his plan. You, ha you have it every year. And um, as I'm comparing last year's goals, page by page, I realized that, you know, they had recycled his IEP. So the advice that I give to parents is right. when you when you see, like I saw that now my son was holding a pencil without supports and and. And I'm like, but why is the same thing on here? He's moved on to a pen. So my advice is as tired as you are, before your meeting, a month before, you're preparing yourself, you go through each and every piece of paper. If your child has serious behavioral problems, you know, in school that, that he, he can't do it or he's distracting other kids, there should be a functional behavioral plan in place. Right. Now, a lot of teachers do not like to check that box off on the IEP, but sometimes our children need, our children do need, you know what, um, my child is interfering with, with, the, with not only just his education, but with others. And a lot of parents don't, don't know this, and I'm not sure, because this was 1996, okay? Right. It's almost 30 now, but I remember that I had to come to terms with him not being able to do 20 math questions. So there's there's um, a section at the beginning of the IEP that, that talks about lowering the grade point average. So instead of him doing 20 math questions, he was able to do 10 of the same. Okay. Until he mastered it. Math is right. not an easy subject to be killed. It's, it's not. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, thinking back now, as I say that, you know, he, he was in school, you know, and, and still struggling with the math and the math. And then the statistics came into play. And then I also just see a lot of um, discrepancies, a lot of siloing going on um, with, with the Office of Disabilities. And right. how I know this is because um, I stopped going to college to help my son for almost nine years. And wow. in the process of, of doing the paperwork for him, because he graduated in June, and he was, I was at LaGuardia Community College, I said, wait a minute. I'm doing all this paperwork for him, but what about me? He's he's okay now. What about your education? Right. And so I enrolled. I enrolled in the same college like him because my records were there. And it was amazing because he took human services, mental health, and I took child psychology. Oh wow. And so there was a lot of classes that that 
he took that I took and vice versa. So there were times that we would see each other in the hallway and we believed that we didn't know each other. Like, <laughs> that's but funny. It worked, it, it worked itself out. And um, I was part of that office for, you know, people with disabilities. And um, I saw a lot of unjust, just the things that were being done, not just to my son, but even myself, I was like, and before I forget, this is very, very important. Right. When your child is like 14 years old, 14, 15 years old, and he does have a disability, and you're going to have that triennial IEP, um, which is basically they the school the school team is going to sit with you and decide well, what is it that your child wants to do does your child want to go to college or does your child want to try a different profession or or just strictly work in construction which is okay right but a lot of people miss miss this opportunity and i would say that the department of education really has to take into consideration to, to let the parents know not to try to miss this meeting, even if they have to do it in the evening. But this meeting is important because this is the roadmap for them when they become adults. Mm -hmm. And um, some some schools will, will tell the parent, you know what, um, he's 14 years old. Um, maybe he can't do school. Maybe he should get that credentialed diploma. Right. But they don't tell you that that diploma and it depends because I really respect this field. And there are there are children with learning disabilities, children with autism, with other stuff that maybe they're not cut out to do schoolwork. Right. Not, and that's okay too. But mm. I was almost convinced to a point, 99.9%, that um, I was just going to say, you don't want to forget this. He's not going to do a local diploma, you know, and let him just get into, you know, construction or whatever. Right. And the teachers were also telling me, you know what, um, this is the time, you know, where he's really going through a lot of changes. Maybe you should really just just get him an IP diploma. And um, I thank God, I really thank God that I decided because I was even told, you know what, he's going through you know, growing pains at 14. Yes, they are going through right. growing pains. And I I was so close to saying yes to the credential diploma, and then I said, no, we're going to try. Right. And to my surprise, to my surprise, um, my son didn't tell me anything, but he actually got his local diploma, and then he worked on his regents diploma. He didn't tell me nothing until he showed up. He said, look what I got for you. He did and better than me. I didn't even try for that. I was like, yeah. never mind. I was very upset with it because if you go to Jersey and Jersey doesn't even have regents diplomas. Yeah. Well, again, you talk about the disparities, the, the you know, injustices, but um, that was a great surprise. And, and you know, also it, it was hard. And a lot of people overlook even the siblings. Mm that the siblings are being affected because um, they're, they're embarrassed. You know, they have friends, you know, and, and, and you know, the, another piece that's so important is, is that social piece. Right. Like, I would read the diagnosis. Um, I actually got to a point that um, I got disgusted. And I said, you know what? Um, 
in school, all the families are getting invited to birthday parties, but none of our, our children were. So I opened a support group. And I had about 15 parents, and we would get together, and we would prepare for our meetings. Um, we would have celebrate their birthdays. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a, such a special time. You know, they all grew up. Some of them went to college, you know. And so the, the group did break up, but um, we still keep connected, some of us. But um, it got to that point that um, I said, you know what? I'm done. Uh, I'm going to find a way to help these parents and myself because some of the parents had children that the kids were older than mine. So when I would welcome them into my apartment, my son would take the kids in the room and and do gaming and some were were artists, you know, and then I would grab the parents and and learn what what was going to happen in two years. So I would be prepared. And then I would also help those newcomers that that because this this is uncharted waters. It is. It it's it's bad enough that you have a child and you know you're not given any instructions and then you throw the mix of having someone with special needs and it it's 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 very 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 difficult. I am not gonna lie. And something else that I did do, I knew that eventually. I had to tell my son that he had autism. And so you have to, you're not going to tell didn't him. Know? I'm, I'm confused. Wouldn't you not know no. you have that or you can't tell? No, they know, but they need affirmation. They oh. need it confirmed. So I set, I set myself up. I set myself up for, I said, when he's 11 years old, I, I, as a mother's intuition, I said, this is going to be it. So what I did was um, I had my computer open and I had two tabs open. I had one with, with autism diagnosis, all the seven characteristics. And then the second one that I had was um, all the people um, the you know Einstein, uh, Van Gogh. Uh, there were so many people on the spectrum, right? And so I wanted him to also see that this is not a death sentence. You wired differently, right? But, but you're also a genius, you know. And so, what? How my approach was, and and this came out in the Department of Ed uh, under the newsletter back in I think two thousand nine, but um. I, I asked him, I says, I says, um, Mark, um, you know, do you feel different? You know, and he's like, Yeah. And I'm like, Do 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 you feel like like when you're in school that you're treated differently? You know, like you don't belong. Everything was a yes, yes, yes. So I grabbed him by the hand and I said, Come here, let me show you what's going on. Right. And so I opened the computer and I showed him, I says, look, this is what's going on. I said, I said, you have autism. And um, these are the things that you have. These are the things that you had. So um, no eye contact. I said, nope, now you look at me. Um, um, you had no voice. Now you can talk. Um, you, you couldn't play with other kids. You know, now you can do that. So I showed him that, let's say, out of the 10 characteristics, he was down to three. Right. And that it was okay because we're all unique. Right. And then I opened the other tab and I said, check out all these people that 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 have the, the, you know autism spectrum like you. 
And then what I, as he was growing up, um, my advice also is never look at the disability, but look at the abilities. What is it that they like? Right. Now, now I noticed that Mark was into books. Okay. And so, and, and I also videotaped him because I could go back and I could really see, you know, you know, where I was going right, where I was going wrong. But I noticed when it was time for Christmas and, and we would all get together as a family, unless it was Thomas the Tank, because that's what I use as a reinforcer. Now, there was times that my son just refused to do certain things. So I would invest, I'd take him out let's say, um, to Rockefeller Center, wherever, wherever they sell toys, 99 cents toy. And if he saw a toy that he liked, I would buy it and I would use that. And I, I would make it valuable by using it only if I saw that he was sitting down. And even if it was for five minutes, and I says, you know what, when you're done, um, I'm going to give you this toy. And, and then I would put a timer. You know, you sat for five minutes, um, you're going to get to play with this toy for five minutes. I know a lot of people are not into ABA. You look it up and the mice and you give them chocolates and this. But there's ways that you can change the way it's told. It's very, very important. And before I forget, um, I started to mention that I went to Barnes & Noble's and I found the book Thinking in Pictures, which is a story of Temple Grandin. And so, as I said, um, I used that book to help me um, with my son and I, you know, my husband and I, we we put um, the living room into a, almost a preschool. But um, the beauty behind this story is that seven years ago, they actually made a movie. So if anyone wants to learn more about autism, uh, the movie, again, is called Thinking in Pictures and the actual just that place, Temple Grandin is um, Claire Danes, C-L-A-R-E. Her last name is Danes, D-A-N-E-S. Um, she's, she's an actress that once you see her, you'll know who she is. Um, but the reason why I mention it is because when we all saw the movie, uh, we cried. And But more importantly, my son said, this is it. This is the movie that the teachers need to see, the doctors, the providers, they all need to see this movie so they understand and get into our head. I have a question. Um, Why did he wait that long to tell him? Because I would see, assume that, well, I, obviously I don't have autism. I don't know what, they, what they're capable of assuming. But um, why would you not tell the, your child younger than telling him so late? Cause I, like I have a something also like I have I had Jerry I was born with certain things but like as I was younger I knew what the stuff was also I visually my eyes are bad I could visually see that something's wrong so that could also be differently than what's in your mind so why did you um wait to to go that long by telling him I waited I waited because something like this it's like telling someone you have breast cancer right okay and and you don't know what the outcome is gonna be. And the reason why I waited was because I needed to, to comprehend. Some kids at nine years old, especially when you're on the spectrum, you're delayed two years, most of our kids. And so for me to throw this information on him, 
I needed him to be mature to even sit. Remember, he wasn't sitting. He wasn't. He, he was all over the place. So it's important. There's a time and place for everything. And in this case, in this case, I saw him maturing around 10, 11. This was all planned out. But I wasn't going to tell him at seven or eight years old. No way. No way. Now, now that's up to that's up to um, the parent, uh, absolutely. But but I thought about if I I played it out in my head and I said if I tell him this now, he 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 couldn't get depressed. He 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 couldn't he could not just get depressed, but he could act out even more. So that was my reasoning. Another another reason was that um my son and I. As a family unit, you know, I, I do believe that a family that prays together stays together. And every night, you know, I would sit with, with my kids and especially Mark. And I, you know, I says, well, you know, how was your day? And, and he told me my day is, was not a good day. As a matter of fact, you know, this world is, is, is not a good world. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? And he said, well, I didn't want to tell you I love you. And I didn't want to hurt you, but I've been bullied since the first grade. I'm like, what? I said, get up from the bed. Let's talk. When did this happen? How did this happen? He explained, you know, some of the teachers themselves would embarrass him. The teachers too? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That is sad. But, um, I'm sorry, yeah. if you're an educator who's listening to this. I don't if that's your job there to uplift the kids and not put them down because whatever you say can affect them for the rest of their lives and it's not right. I'm just putting it out there. But that's that yes. that hurts my heart. Like Yes, yes. So so in, in, in learning this, you know, he, he you know, he was explaining to me, Well, you remember when you put me in the center to help me socialize? Well, you know, I, I wasn't doing the right thing and, and 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 you know one of the one of the you know leaders there um you know they 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 slammed me down you know body slammed me and a lot went on and this is why he suffers from post-traumatic stress the bullying of the kids making fun and it's it's very hard and and so another advice that I want to give is if you have your child you know that goes to school and, and, you know, let's say he loves his red sneakers and he's always, you know, at, at there's a certain age where they want to look good. And then all of a sudden you see them withdrawn. That's a red flag. Don't just, just don't just choke it up and say, oh, you know what? Um, this is growing pains. Something might be happening in school. Right. Okay. Because he was also bullied in, in on the bus and everything. And so I go back to, you know, what, what about the bus matrons? You know, where were they at? But um, I, as a child, was also bullied to a point that the teachers had to walk me home. So I could wow. relate. In the 60s, I was bullied really, really bad. And so I, I, I totally understood what my child was going through. And so look for those red flags. You make sure you look for those red flags because they're real. They're real. And um, what I learned now, I, I question like a lot of things. And I realize that we're all unique. And not everybody wants to be around people. That's and true. that's okay. 
It is. That's okay. Just just don't isolate yourself because you know what? I truly believe that for every person that's in this world, there's somebody out there for you. It's true. It's definitely true. But you also got to put your best foot forward too. There's a lot of meetup groups. Um, there's, there's, you know, people tell me, you know, that they have teenagers where they want, you know, they want them to find love. There's, there's, we want to learn about it. There's um, Love on the Spectrum, Netflix, mm -hmm. okay? And, and you can see how people on the spectrum are looking for love. It's, it's a beautiful show. It's a beautiful show. But um, anything, you know, there's, there's um, another way to, to help someone um, that, that you're wanting to get out of the show. There's two New York City programs. Those programs are called um, Epic Players, New York City Epic Players. And then you have the All-Stars Project. The All-Stars Project um, is, is well-known and what it is is for inner city clubs um, kids from New York City and um they teach you how to do acting um they're on 42nd and 9th Avenue and um this also helped my son and epic players that they're free acting programs yeah get them involved get them out of their shell this day there's, there's acting classes in schools there's plays that 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 children should get involved with and it's not just on the spectrum anyone with any disability should have the right to to join these classes right you know just like anyone um they should be able to to play basketball with their peers we don't see enough of that and um it, it's hard because as a parent, you're know, caught between a rock and a hard place because you need them to fall, you need them to learn. They get embarrassed if you're constantly, you know, rooting for them, advocating for them. And so one of the things that I also did was when, once I had the talk with my son, you know, to let him know what he had, his diagnosis, I would actually get involved with with um the city council on special education, get, get involved with the PTAs in the school. Um, if there was if there was going to be a presenter, you know, that had anything to do with autism to, to help them understand, some individuals um, on the spectrum are keynote speakers for, let's say, YAI, Young Adult Institute. And I would show my son and I says, look, I said, you see that man speaking? I said, he's on the spectrum like you. Look at the way he talks. Look at the body language. Look how he commands the audience. You know, he, he's talking about his experience. You're going to have to learn this because you're going to have to advocate for yourself. I'm not going to be around forever. Right. And as he got older, I started to teach him how to cook. Hand over hand. Take out, take out your, your marble notebook. This is how you do rice. This is how you do vegetables. And, and he's a vegan now. It's funny. But um, <laughs> he, 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 learned, he learned how to cook. He learned how to cook. He learned how to travel. I was also asked, do you want your child travel trained in, in public school? And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Um, but I signed the document, and I left it in God's hands. And um, he, he takes us places. He knows how to work the, the MTA you know, through Google Maps, but he knows how to take the train and the bus. Yeah, that's good. 
I have a question. Mm -hmm. It was way in the beginning, though. Um, so you said you could tell by six months that something was not something was different, and you had an older daughter, so you could probably tell. Even though all kids are made differently, you could tell the difference of where the milestones were not getting, you know, hit. That doctor asks you, you know, is this child doing this? If you don't know if your, your child is, when you go to the pediatrician, they ask you. They check these kind of boxes, like, can they pick up Cheerios? They ask you simple questions to see where your child is at. Can they say a certain amount of words by, like, a year or something like like those things? How the the milestones. Also, now, with um, people with denial. Some people with denial what their kids are actually going through and they really need help. How can you help a parent like that? Okay, so so um, I, I lucked out because since I had a daughter that was two years older than him, I noticed that he wasn't doing the things that she was doing. At a year old, she was doing puzzles. She was talking to me. And I would put them both in the same playpen. And it was like she didn't even exist. So that was the first red flag. Oh, yeah. That was the first red flag. And um, I have to say, I go back to what I originally said, that of course it hurts to know the truth. You know, but you are doing an injustice if you know and you can see that your child is not speaking and there's services out there to help. A lot of people don't want to label their children. And that was another thing that I struggled with, that he was just on his IEP. He was a child with a disability. And one of the principals to tell me, you know what? If you want to get the right services and you want to help your child that's nonverbal, put the word autism on the IEP. And once I did, all services were open to me. And again, whatever you put in, the time that you invest, the time that you invest in your child, you reap what you sow. My son is a perfect example of that. That he's I, out the house, that he graduated from college. He still, if he wants to do his bachelor's, he can go for it. Very respectful, motivational speaker, youth peer advocate, paying it forward. I believe, guys, um, for your children, they come in the world, they can't advocate for themselves. But you being their parent, you have to be their first advocate and they have to see how you're doing it to um, replicate to advocate for themselves as they get older. Um, you have to make sure any services, any questions you might have, you can Google it, call 311. These services are for you. Don't wait till they get to elementary school. I'm not saying if they go elementary school, get them services, then it's going to be too late. No, I'm just saying your child are years behind because they didn't get these services as young as possible. Babies, children are like sponges. They are, especially nowadays, these kids are just, woof. But these babies are like sponges. The earlier you can get them intervention for walking, for speech, anything like that is the best, as soon as possible is the best, out, better outcome for your child to do things much faster. They're still going to learn on their particular speed. But if the earlier you get these things put into place, the better they can be. And don't be embarrassed. Everybody's different. Everybody got a problem. Everybody has something. Your child is, or person that you know, because it could be one of your friend's child, you see something um, and you're like, maybe you need to get them services. Some people, they, they feel like it's them. It's not, at this point, it's not even about you, how you feel. It's about how the child's going to be in the world and make sure they have the tools that they need to survive. Because mm -hmm. you are, you're perfectly, you know, 
you could do what you want to do, but this child needs the tools to be able to survive and to thrive in this world. We don't want our children, our babies, our babies to be behind because we are feeling away. You got to put your pride aside. You got to, you, you could cry a little bit. I'm not saying you can't cry because you know, you're going to feel like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? But everybody comes out different out the womb and whatever a person might have, it doesn't matter because as she said, Einstein, her son, I was struggling in, in, in school for regents and I don't have an IEP. I probably needed one to be honest, but um, that's a different story. But he got a whole regents diploma from a child who could not speak to a child who's now speaking in front of audiences. You don't know what your child can be in the world. If you don't give them the tools to be the best them they can be, they will be nothing. They won't, they won't get far. But if you give them the tools that they need to be, just go for the stars, they'll become amazing people of society. And having a disability, having these things, it, does, it doesn't matter. It's what you do with it. It's how you bring them along. It's how you make them know that no matter what you have, you're still okay. You're just as good as anybody else around you. If just one thing is different, okay, who cares? Those people, they tend to be the most sweetest people. They tend to be the most inspirational people because they've been through worse than a regular average person and they are doing better than a lot of people. Let's be honest. So mm -hmm. please, please, please do not deny your children the things that they deserve. She gave you some excellent information about where to go. Like, we're going to get a little bit more into that, but where to go for these things. Make sure you know the rights because a lot of times people... Let's be honest, some people are lazy. They don't want to give you the, all that you need to get. But if you see certain things like your IEP, like she said before, that um he could write with a pencil at this point, and it's like, he's still, no. Make sure everything what you need is updated. Because if it's not updated, he's, they're going to be still going back on the old things, but he needs to be progressing. That's holding your child back. And you don't want that to happen to you. Make sure you keep on top. I know I don't have a special needs child, right? But she has other stuff going on. So it's like, make sure you, if they, if they don't get you one day, call and say, what's going on? Hi, my child needs this. If you have to be that annoying, they said the, uh, the squeaky wheel, be that squeaky wheel for your child because they can't speak up for themselves and you have to do it for them. And you saw how she did it remarkably. She had a whole binder. I can imagine walking around with a binder with me with all these things that make sure people also in general with homelessness, with um, this, a lot of things, people just see a number or they see a chart or they see a name. You, I'm happy that she brought the face of her child so people understand this is the person you're talking about. It's not just a number out there or statistics or data. This is a person that she brought a face to that person. And that's the that's the best thing you could do. Bring your child around in your heart, bring them in your hand if you have to, and make them understand you're not just making laws or changing things based on just statistics. Statistics are great. We need data. Let's not go. We need that in the world to get certain things done. But these are people's lives you're talking about. And she made sure she got the things that she needed for her son to be able to flourish. In life. And I know he's grateful. I know he's right. Like, think my, because some kids did not get that. Let's be honest. A lot of kids of parents out there, they kind of, after the first day, they're giving up. I'm not saying it's like, but some people also don't have the resources what to get things at. But we are here to hand you the information. I can't walk with you throughout the steps, but I can definitely provide you with the information that you will need to make sure that your child can go the distance. And if you listen to this, if I, your child is five or six and they still can't talk, because I've met some people and I'm like, maybe we need, maybe a baby needs some help. I'm just saying, it's still not too late. They might be a couple of years behind because it started too late, but take the information that we provide for you to make sure your child can get the best best thing possible i'm telling you so i right. want you to tell me again you had different services like did you go initially right. in the 
Because you said you started a little bit later. Did you go? Did you call through on one? How did granted this is from the nineteen ninety six, but the stuff yeah. is usually the same in in a way. Yeah. Some things might change, but it's usually the kind of the same area. But what did you get? I wanna, yeah, I I, I want to explain and be clear that um our children when they're in school, yeah. um a lot of teachers have no idea, even the special ed teachers, what services are out there. And I need to make clear that um, there's two support groups that, that any parent should join because you, you, you get what you need in, through, through masses. And, and I really believe it takes a village. So um, one of the groups that I, I wanna mention, which are important is um, includenyc.org. They have support groups, okay? Right. And then they also help, um, I'm trying to second. They also help with, um, if you have a problem in school, you have your little one and he's entitled to get a para and they saying they don't have a para, you reach out to this agency. They used to be called Resources for Children, but it's called includenyc.org and go into their website. Another wonderful support group um, is Parent to Parent of New York State you will find a lot of resources, including support groups. Another one is Autism Speaks. Autism Speaks been around for a while. Their website is incredible. Um, there's a lot of resources, but you can't do this alone. You're gonna need a support group because this is how you learn the ropes. I didn't know what OPWDD is, and OPWDD is a is a state um, services that you get. Okay, and that's um the office for people with developmental disabilities. Okay. And and once you if if you fall under the criteria, right? If you fall under the criteria. You will, you will get services at home. They come to your home and you can get respite services and you can get four to eight hours of just a break where they help your child. And then as they develop, they will help them with homework. They will help them to, to get out in the community. It's called community habilitation, but you gotta go through the front door. That's the name of the program, the front door through OPWDD. And this will also help your child. There's, there's like seven different disabilities, not just autism, that you're able to actually get services for. Yes. And some of these services, what I understand, stays for you for the rest of your life. They'll check in. I want to say this is this program. So it's a good way. I'm like, you know, we're not going to live forever. And we all parents want our kids to live after we are gone. Um, And if you can get a program put in place while you're still alive, but you don't want to wait. After you're dead, you can't do anything, right? You got to make sure things are in place for your children after you are gone. And this is one of the programs that will be helping you. From what I understand, they, I want to say, somebody had told me, I'm not sure, this could be totally wrong. Like they check on your child at least once a week or so just to make sure they're on track with certain things, depending on what their particular thing is. Because as she said, they have different disabilities that you can go there for. So depending on how much, little or more they need, that's how they help you. And this is a good, good, I mean, this is a great resource to have, you know. Um, if you're a person in a shelter and you still are a little bit confused, they some a lot of shelters should have this part for the DOE. And you could ask them how can you get implemented in these certain programs and what school is the best for you 
and things like especially if you're in a shelter and they just want to put you in any school, make sure they know you have a special needs child and a certain school they have to go to to make this sure their education is best. So make sure if you want to get a um transfer in and things like that, we have done different podcasts about that. Make sure they either put you into a school nearby. If they don't, um, you can see how they can help you with that. The advocate people can help you how to um advocate to get out of that shelter to get into different schooling for your child because not if it's a classroom with 20 kids and your child has a hard time either being around people sitting still or even doing a certain type of work maybe that's not the best classroom environment and a lot of classrooms now is not even 20 kids they have about 28 29 30 kids in the class and for me alone as an adult it's hard to struggle with that <laughs> so if your child needs some extra help they should get the help that they need um anything else you would like to say about what the parents should go by and wish they should look for certain things well, it's important, um, and I, and it saddens me that, as you mentioned, you know, when you have your child and you know something's not right, um, when you when you first you know go and, and you meet your pediatrician, on on the form, it has all the milestone. Is he sitting up at six months? Pay attention to that. Pay attention. So that box where it says, you know, he might be meeting some of the milestones. So what does it hurt to tell the doctor, you know what, he's doing this, but he's not doing that. Right. The information is there and, and there's no excuse now. Whatever Especially now, see, yeah. Yes, there's no excuses at the tip of this. We have our phones is on the tip of our fingers to get any resources that we want. Don't be afraid because again, you're investing on your child that gonna be somebody incredible in this world. Because we all got gifts. If focus on those gifts, don't focus on the disability, focus on the ability. And they will get far. They will get far. Sure. Yes, guys. I really hope this is helpful. I hope I hope that now people could pay attention to their kids more and really seeing if that, you know, something is wrong. And if it's wrong, it's not your fault. You just have to get the proper tools for them to strive in life. And just, I know probably also if you need therapy or counseling, go to somebody. Some people believe in it, some people don't. But counseling and therapy can, you know, help a lot of people with different things um, for yourself as a parent. Because your child can't be the best they can, they can be if you're not also your best. This might be depressing for some people. They, just, they don't understand how it's happening. But you have to also pick yourself up and make sure your child is getting what they need in life. And this is, I hope, Please, please, please don't make our children just, you know, not get what they need because we are thinking about ourselves. Really give them what they need to survive. And to the cracks. You don't want them falling through the cracks. Yeah. Okay. You don't, don't want that. You don't want that. For yes. sure. So thank you guys so much for coming to the podcast mm -hmm. one more time. Please follow us on social media. All the information that she has given to us in this podcast will be down below. I hope this could help anybody's family out there. If you're a person who knows a person who might need this, probably you want to say it like, you know, your child needs help. Probably just send them over this podcast and hopefully they can get the picture about what they might need for them and their families. Please tune in next week to our podcast and thank you for being amazing people. See you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. Mm -hmm.